the 200 level Mike Carpenter for a bittersweet episode of the podcast and one that I was hoping to not record because I genuinely thought that Kofi Coburn would come back to Illinois. That's not the case. Kofi is going pro and all power to him. We will get later on into more of the nuance about that because it's not a decision I entirely understand given the current climate of college basketball, but in terms of being a competitor and thinking that you are one of the best, and why wouldn't Kofi feel that way? I'm sure that he wants to challenge himself. So I do understand personally, though professionally, I I hope it's not premature for Kofi. That will come later, but what I want to start with is just the overall gratitude, and this might be a recurring theme on this podcast. For the last few podcasts, this has been overwhelmingly positive, even after losing in the second round to Houston by 15, 17 points, whatever the final margin was. And that flies in the face of what we were doing last April and May when things did not feel very good at all. Well, we just lost Kofi, so this should be disastrous. This should be something that leaves us with a pit in our stomach, and yet I can't help but think that this is really just the final symbolic end of the first successful chapter of the Brad Underwood era at Illinois. There's no guarantee, of course. I mean, things could go south. We've seen that before with Illinois basketball, but all the indicators tell us that Brad Underwood has this thing well in hand. So we'll get into the future in a bit, but let's talk about the last three years. Kofi is as important to this program almost, or arguably you could say, as Io. Maybe not in terms of the Pied Piper effect, because I don't know if Kofi will have the same sort of lingering effect for guys wanting to come to Illinois like uh, Io did. But If you think about the on-court success and getting Illinois back into national relevancy, not just Big Ten relevancy, but national relevancy, Kofi was here for the three years that saw Illinois miss out on first place by a game his freshman year, kind of get screwed out of a regular season, but win a tournament title, Big Ten tournament title his sophomore year, and then win a Big Ten regular season title his junior year. That is the kind of success that is Bill self-like. On the last podcast, I talked about how we're kind of living through the Bill Self era again. And what's all the more impressive is that Brad Underwood had to really oversee an entire rebuild, and he did so rather quickly. But Kofi made an immediate impact on the court, whereas Io, we saw his freshman year, you know, he just didn't have all the horses around him. Well, you pair Io, sophomore Io, with freshman Kofi, and things took off rather quickly. So Kofi on the court had about as big of an impact for Illinois basketball as anyone in the last 25, 30 years. And actually, let's just stretch it all time. I've mentioned context before and why this five-year run for Underwood is more impressive than any coach that I've seen this far because of where it started. And you think of the exponential change when Kofi Coburn took the court. There were moments, of course, uh, this year in particular, where Kofi being on the court seemed to slow things down. And I know that there was almost a plodding style to the offense that sometimes we all grew kind of frustrated with. That's not Kofi's fault. It's just kind of the nature of... When you have a guy that big on the court and you have undersized guards and you're just kind of a naturally flawed team in a lot of ways, that was going to happen. Unfortunately, it just seemed to happen more and more as the season wore on. And I'm guessing fatigue probably played a part in that as well for the guards. But it wasn't usually Kofi's fault, right? I mean, Kofi was someone that actually raised your floor immensely. And for a team that had a bunch of injuries and dealt with many things last year, Kofi himself missing the first three games and I think a couple in January... You saw the difference he made by just existing, by just being on the court. There were a few games that were frustrating. Let's say the game against Purdue at home where Kofi was just 
outplayed. And come to find out, he probably wasn't the healthiest that game. Okay, got concussed, right? That was one of them. The game against Ohio State at home was, in my mind, the most frustrating Kofi performance in three years. Because freshman year Kofi, I get it. Junior year Kofi, not so much. But then think about the way he played against Iowa in the game that you needed to win to clinch that Big Ten title. Fantastic, right? And that was an all-around excellent effort from Kofi when you needed him the most. And really, that, I think, will be part of his legacy. The games against Iowa in the 2020 and the 2022 seasons, at home, crowd going nuts, he was the biggest reason that you won those two games, if we're being honest. But you can go down the list. The three seasons that Kofi played here and the amount of games where he made a direct impact on you winning close games. As a big man, there's going to be less of those Io DeSumo moments. You know, I'm trying to think about the similar sort of end of game heroics for Kofi. There's the block, of course, against Luka in 2020. If you think about it, you don't win that Chattanooga game unless Kofi has that run there at the end of the game. I think in the last 40 seconds, he got what ended up being the game winner. So, yeah, he helped you win a lot of games throughout this time. But more importantly, it was just the presence. It was the fact that you had the best big man in the Big Ten for three years running. That is not easily replaceable. And we're going to get into how this team can replace it, what it will look like. I don't think this is at all a death knell for Illinois, even next year. I don't think this is some sort of, oh boy, we're totally screwed. But what it probably does, it certainly lowers your floor. And I think, invariably, it lowers your ceiling. Kofi elevated the game of everyone around him. He made things easier for the people around him and often bore the brunt of a lot of physical play from other guys. He got beat up more than any player I've ever seen. And there were moments where that frustration shone through, and I, I, well, I understood it. I wish it didn't. You know, I wish there was less of a weight on his shoulders this year. I got to think there was part of that that contributed to his decision to not come back. Nothing to do with Underwood, nothing to do with his teammates, but the fact that college officials, they don't know how to call this. And I kept hearing that all year and thought, what the hell does that even mean? A foul is a foul. This shouldn't be that difficult. But nonetheless, he got beat up. And after a certain point, that's not fun. And there were moments this year where it didn't look like he was having fun. There were moments this year where I didn't have fun because it didn't look like the team was having fun. And yet, they won a Big Ten title. Their legacy is secure. Kofi's legacy here is secure. It's imperfect, but damned if he wasn't a presence and damned if he wasn't fun to watch. We will never get another big guy like Kofi Coburn to come to Illinois. I mean, there will be other really good bigs, I'm sure. Underwood will get some athletes of the Baylor mold, perhaps, but not like Kofi. He is a throwback. He's a Shaquille O'Neal in an age where that doesn't really play anymore. Unfortunately, part of his legacy, similar to Io is a lack of NCAA tournament success. But I hope that when we look back on Iowa and Kofi, and then for that matter, Trent, and I guess DeMonte, this entire five-year stretch that we're really kind of wrapping up here, you know, we're tying a bow on this first five-year stretch, that we look back on this as the five years that got Illinois basketball back to a level of relevancy, and then things really took off. And if recruiting is giving you any indication, I think that Underwood might be doing just that, that this was really a precursor to even greater successes. You might say, well, what are you talking about? You got a one seed last year. How are you going to get better than that? Okay, I get that point, and certainly you aren't going to get that every year. But in terms of NCAA tournament success, in terms of recruiting success, building a program that is one to be reckoned with, I, I really think you are there. And Kofi and Io and then... By extension, Trent, DeMonte, you name all these guys. Andres Feliz, for that matter. They are going to have their legacy secure with Illini fans. And 
as we continue to have more success, that legacy is only going to continue to grow. It will grow far beyond the years that they were here on this court in the same way that Eddie Johnson, you know, that legacy grew because Lou Henson turned Illinois into a pretty damn good program in the 80s. That does not happen without the likes of an Eddie Johnson. Well, Io Tsumu, Kofi Coburn, all these guys, similar to the early 80s Lou Henson teams, these will be the ones that we look back on as getting Illinois back on the right track. And I don't know if you remember the last decade, it really sucked. With Kofi Coburn as an Illini basketball player, these last three years definitely did not suck. And thank you, Kofi. He's not listening. But thank you for everything that you did for this program. Thank you, Io. Thank you, Trent DeMonte. And now it is time to turn the page. And there are some bittersweet things to consider here. But the second part of that word is sweet. And fortunately, the way that Brad Underwood has managed this current climate of college basketball leads me to believe that while there is some sadness today, overall, there should be more optimism than pessimism going forward. So let's get to it. On this episode, the 200 level, what is it, episode 271? I know we're kind of doing these more sparingly now because it's April, and frankly, we're just waiting for news. That's what we're doing here, but we still got our great sponsors, so support them. dpdo.com. Go online to dpdo.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. That is dpdo.com. Great custom zones, any topping you want. Some of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. That's online at dpdo.com. For a business lunch or a late-night snack, these guys have been in business for over 15 years on the U of I campus dpdo.com. Sorry, drinking my coffee here. Had a bubble in my throat. Okay, it's gone now. Good. Fourth and Kirby. Online at fourthandkirby.com. I got my Illinois Big Ten title, Big Ten Champs t-shirt, I should say. That shirt and plenty of other great vintage-inspired options at fourthandkirby.com. Hey, the spring football game is actually tomorrow, Thursday, April 21st. They got plenty of great Illini football t-shirts as well. I got a couple of them, including Big Guy 1, you got to check this out. It's from an old 70s program. This is what they do. They find really cool images from old Illini programs and posters. They put them on T-shirts that are high-quality T-shirts, by the way. They fit great. Go online to fourthandkirby.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy, brianismyguy.com. He was our guy for homeowners and auto. Great bundle, of course, of State Farm prices that you would expect, but it's really the customer service from Brian and his staff that made the process so easy. That's brianismyguy.com. And rectorconstruction.com, rectorconstruction.com. We're getting into warmer weather, I think. It's going up and down. It's kind of annoying, if I'm being honest. But as the warmer temperatures hit, it is time to get going on that home exterior project. These guys at Rector Construction are the best. Great customer service, expert craftsmanship, and they've actually been great at giving back to the community. Cannot speak highly enough of these guys. That is RectorConstruction.com. All right, got to thank Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Alana Inquirer, chock full of Alani sports media coverage, and they've been on top of all these things. Jeremy, Derek, Joey, the entire staff over there. Great podcast today, again, with Mike Tulip that I'll be checking out later on. I, I caught the first 15 minutes or so of it, and they really do a deep dive into Kofi and the impact on the court. I'm not going to be as well-versed to that. You know, I mean, when it comes to the X's and O's of basketball, I'm a relative layman. I'm the guy that has, like the title of this podcast would indicate, been sitting in the 200 level from afar and just enjoying the pomp and circumstance of basketball games at State Farm Center in a way that I have not for a good decade, a decade plus. And I mentioned how Kofi and Io, we're, we're going to look back and their legacies will only continue to grow as this team has success. And 
I, I want to start with one thing, though, because I began with all the gratitude of, of Kofi, and I think his jersey should be up in the rafters. I mean, come on. Two-time All-American. That is extremely rare in this basketball program. Yeah, I know that he and Io didn't get that NCAA Final Four or anything like that, but I don't think that matters. I think what matters is the context of what they did coming in. And let me remind everybody that Kofi committed after witnessing the overtime loss at home to Florida Atlantic. My wife and I were on our honeymoon down in the Dominican Republic, and I remember you know, checking that score on and off, and at a certain point, they just lose this game. I was so fed up with Illinois basketball at that point that I thought, just lose this stupid game. I'm so sick of this crap. Well, they did. I didn't really want them to in my heart of hearts, but then Kofi Coburn still committed, and it felt like, well, that's great and everything, but we really suck right now. I don't know about you, but it didn't really hit me until the following year, and really not until mid-January the following year, that we might actually be able to turn this thing around. I was really unsure of the whole Underwood thing until probably January, what, 20th, 2020, something like that. I I would probably go to the win at Michigan with Io. His buzzer beater was an ugly win, but it was a win nonetheless, and Illinois all of a sudden was in the Big Ten title conversation, and things were starting to come together. And then, of course, there was the four-game losing streak, and then they still somehow only finished one game out of first. Why? Well, Io was great. Kofi almost immediately was a dominant force. And yeah, there were some issues with his hands maybe early on, but I thought he very, very quickly developed a pretty good ability to use soft hands and and not be too um, loose with the ball. There were only a couple times in his career that I was actually really kind of concerned with Kofi. Early on in his sophomore year, if you remember the Baylor game, Kofi was not good at all. It was finally around late December, early January of 2020, what would that have been, 21, the COVID year, all those Big Ten games, where Kofi really got on a roll. Don't forget how good he was in the Big Ten tournament. I think Isaac Trotter tweeted that out. And I remember thinking that three-game stretch, Kofi and Andre Curbelo actually were the best two guys on the court for Illinois, not Io. But it was Kofi and then Curbelo right behind him. But I also thought that Kofi had moments in this Big Ten season that were not particularly great and didn't really show signs of growth. I don't know 100% if we got Max Kofi. I'm not talking about effort. I'm talking about whatever potential is there for someone that started playing basketball not all that long ago. But on the other hand, I don't know how much better he would have been his senior year. My thought this year was that he's coming back. He's going to be one year stronger. He's just going to completely dominate everybody. But it's not that easy. And we saw that there were games, even against Kyle Young of Ohio State, where Kofi had issues. And, And that was frustrating. You know, for me... I watch basketball and I get frustrated with the guys that are so physically gifted and yet they seem to plateau, right? I don't want to say the Kofi plateaued, but I also don't think that we saw the absolute heights of what we could have. There was never really a mid-range game to speak of. The passing showed signs of life in December, but it really kind of fizzled out as the year went on, though in his defense, the shooting really tailed off as well. So teams could continue to just kind of sag on Kofi and say, well, fine, pass it out if if you want, but we're going to triple team you. There were a lot of things going against him, but I still think that there could have been moments where Kofi could have been more of a visible leader, let's say. Moments where the frustration got the best of him this year, it added to a general sense of heaviness when watching this team. Ultimately, he played his butt off. Again, it's not about effort, but in terms of the potential that he has as a basketball player, I don't know if it was fully maxed here. And at this point, we will never know. But what I do know is that what he did on the court for three years— That alone is good enough to say he's one of the all-time greats 
with Illini basketball. And I've seen a lot, you know, and I'm not even one of the older Illini fans, but I've seen a lot of great players come and go. He is damn near on that Mount Rushmore. He's on that Mount Rushmore for the last 20 years, certainly. And in the top 10 conversation, without a doubt, and, and retired jerseys, all those accolades. Now, I want to talk, though, about the elephant in the room, and that is whether or not Kofi should have went pro. And on a day of gratitude, which is what this mostly is, I think it's okay to question whether or not this was the right move. Far from me to say, right? But this is a podcast. We're going to talk about it. Yes, it's Kofi's decision. And as a competitor, I get why personally he did it. Professionally, though, if we're talking about what it takes to be an NBA center, all the things that we had heard in the offseason, well, he's got to develop a mid-range game. He's got to learn how to defend a pick and roll a little bit better. As we saw against the Loyola game uh, last year, that, that didn't really go so well, but that was really on the entire team, not just Kofi. But all these things, though, that we were maybe hoping to see him add to his toolbox, I don't know if we saw that this year. I mean, this year, if anything, felt like more of a continuation of Kofi last year, which is really, really good. Like, I mean, there were not going to be many centers that ever come through Illinois that are as productive and probably none, to be quite honest, as Kofi was. He was a point-and-rebound machine and a super efficient one at that. So, listen, that that is not taking away anything they did on the court, but in terms of being a viable NBA draft prospect, what did we see this year to indicate that he took those extra steps? Not much. I don't know what advice he's getting. There might just be that, what the hell, I need to take this chance. And I, I can respect that. That's why there's no animosity or anything like that today. But there is a little bit of confusion. Because if we are going to go the professional angle, and how can you maximize profit, and how can you make the most money for your name, how can you increase your brand, it's not going to be as one of those guys with a two-way contract going between the G League and the NBA. It's not going to be the likes of Malcolm Hill, who is busting his butt, and it took about five years for him to get his first cup of coffee in the NBA. That is not increasing your brand. That is not increasing your profitability. So it is a little bit puzzling that a guy that could have come back sold a bunch of jerseys, made upwards of a million dollars, maybe two million with NIL money, that he decides to go to the pros. It might be for perfectly legitimate competitive reasons. But I hope it's not bad advice. I really hope it's not. Kofi's legacy is secure, but it reminded me of one thing. You know, I don't want to say unfinished business because Kofi accomplished so much here. I remember getting a little bit of crap from people after criticizing Adam Miller transferring to LSU. I acknowledge that, yes, it's his decision. But this is a sports podcast, so if I want to criticize it, I'm going to criticize it. Sorry, I know he's a kid, but I'm going to do it. And part of my criticism was, well, how is Adam Miller really increasing his stock or his brand or profitability, any of that? What kind of advice is he getting that going to LSU, for a coach who ultimately got fired less than a year later, what kind of advice is that to tell a kid that was Mr. Basketball in the state of Illinois that with name image likeness coming right down the pike could have made a hell of a lot more money here than he did at LSU last year? And of course the injury played an impact, but yeah, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Alan Griffin. That's a mistake. What are you doing, kid? Goes to Syracuse, declares to the NBA draft. I don't know what the hell he's doing now. Kofi's not to that level. Kofi proved enough to take his shot, but I don't want this to become yet another in line of, ah, damn, like he might have left a year too soon. Or why did he leave? Because I don't foresee Kofi playing in the NBA. Are you watching the NBA playoffs right now? Where does he fit in? I don't know. Maybe he'll prove us all wrong, but I also don't know if he has that intangible thing that an IO does where you know you are going to get someone that just completely elevates his game because the competition calls for it. I don't know if it's going to be that easy for Kofi, and I worry that this was a move 
that was kind of precipitated by people saying, do it, man, do it, when all the experts would say, what, what? The pros, how many times this year were you watching these games and thinking, Kofi, I love you, but I don't know about the NBA. And that's basically my approach. Kofi, I love you, but I don't know if this is going to work. I hope to God it does. <laughs> I don't want this to become something where he is another also-ran name in, in the NBA G League and he just kind of fizzles out. And here's the thing. Listen, worst-case scenario, he's going to play in Europe for a long, long time. There are many worse fates than that. But there was an opportunity to make a boatload of money coming back here. There was an opportunity to even further his legacy as a college basketball great, a modern college basketball great, making another All-American team, vying for Player of the Year honors, maybe making an NCAA Final Four with a roster that, yeah, there's a lot of new pieces, but I mean, there's a reason that we should all be excited. The athleticism of this next year's team is going to be something to behold. I'm, I'm still super excited for it. I just hope this isn't another one of those premature things that you just think, ah, damn it. I wish they would have stayed because what more What more is he gaining by going to the league now than next year? It's not as if I'm ready now, let's go do it. There's no certainty here that he's even going to get drafted. In fact, the odds are against that if you look at any draft board. So yeah, if you're one of those today questioning, uh, why did he do it? You can hold two truths in one hand. You can say, Kofi, thank you and good luck, man. And then on the other hand, you can say, I don't know if this is the right thing. I, I, I hope it is, but I just don't. I don't know. I think that's totally fair, and I just thought it was worth broaching because I don't want another one of those, oh, where's Kofi at now? I hope that in a few years we can say, man, Kofi's found his niche. And there have been far crazier success stories in the NBA than someone as physically gifted as Kofi Coburn, but it will take some development on his part, and I hope that whatever he's got to do this summer to get ready for it and put himself in position to make a team, I hope he does that, and I hope he just kicks ass. Because as an ambassador for this university, there are a few guys that were more TV and print ready than Kofi Coburn. You know, if we want to talk about the marketability of Illinois basketball, in addition to the on-court success, you got to win to become marketable. But the fact is, you had Io and Kofi, and we're going to get a lot of cool guys coming in. I can't wait for Sky Clark, especially, and Ty Rogers. We're going to love these guys. We're going to love them. But these sort of transcendent personalities that you only get every once or twice a generation. Well, we had two of those in Iowa and Kofi. And it's, I, I just hope that he gets to be kind of like what Iowa is now. Iowa had a freaking documentary made for him from the Chicago Bulls. They hired a director and said, go make a documentary about this Chicago kid that went to Illinois and now he's with the Bulls. You know, this is a complete success story for Iowa, top to bottom. Toast of the town, even though the Bulls are probably going to get swept against the Bucks, but you know what? That kid is going to have a long and fruitful NBA career and be a great ambassador for Illinois basketball. Kofi will be too. I just hope that it's on a platform, specifically the NBA, that can really maximize it for him. Uh, you know, Illinois basketball will be fine, you know, but I, I think it's all the better if Kofi can go on and have great success. And can I be honest? I, I just think he deserves it. If you look at this kid's story, it is really almost like a Hollywood thing. Jamaica to New York. You know, his father passes away, and then he goes to Illinois and has all the success and always wears a smile on his face, this big, lovable giant. I'm hoping for the Hollywood ending here where he gets to go on and have a great professional career. But I, I do think it's worth broaching the idea that, man, um, is this the right move for him? And I hope to God it is. Now, when it comes to Illinois basketball going forward, okay, you can't replace Kofi you are going to change how you play. 
I don't think that's a bad thing in some ways. I think that the athleticism that next year's team has will be more conducive to what Brad Underwood wanted to run from the first place. Excuse the voice cracking there. So that's good news. I think it will be an entertaining brand of basketball. You are not going to win as many games as you would if Kofi were here, though. So we need to set that expectation. Big Ten title? Probably not. Maybe. I mean, it depends on the transfer portal, and maybe we'll even get some names this week. What a big hole on this roster for other bigs to say, I can do that. I mean, Dane Danger, I'm excited for this guy, but is that really going to scare a potential starting center from coming to Illinois and saying, I want to take Kofi's spot? I look at what UNC did this year, right? Now, listen, they had a lot of talent in that starting five, but it's a Bacot. Baycott? There we go. Baycott. I always have a hard time saying his last name. I don't know which syllable to accent. Baycott, six foot nine, six foot ten forward center. He's not Kofi, but he's fantastic. He's an athlete. He's a bruiser. He's got a little bit more finesse to his game, but still the physicality. You know, listen, as much as we love Kofi, there was a plotting nature just by virtue of being seven foot one and that big. He could lose all the weight in the world, but he, and he was an athlete. He was an absolute freak of nature, but when you're that big, there is no choice but for your offense to slow down. You cannot run it to the degree that you might want to. Well, now all the guys that you have around you, a bunch of six foot seven, six foot eight guys, you got some really good guards. I'm thinking, wow, okay, this is going to be a completely different brand of basketball. And if we're being honest, a very entertaining one. There's also this other factor that I was thinking about. This year took a lot out of us as Illini fans, for the better. I mean, it was a long movie. It was an epic Lawrence of Arabia kind of season, right? A lot of ups and downs. More more ups than downs, but the downs really kind of sucked and made you question everything. Is this going to happen? But as Trevor and I and Isaac were texting, I mean, Trevor texted Isaac and I had this thought, and this really brought it home for me. We're going to remember that Sunday afternoon, Nebraska beating Wisconsin, leading up to the Illinois-Iowa game, and then the game itself. We're going to remember that for the rest of our lives, okay? That is an all-freaking-timer. At the end of it, elation, right? But also relief, just relief for winning a Big Ten title. It felt like, oh, this is predestined. We deserve this after that three-year run, and we got it, a sense of relief. Now, I feel more joy for that now than I even did then. It's not like an acute sense of joy, but it's that every now and then I think, oh, yeah, we won a Big Ten title. I don't know about you guys, but that's what I love about winning these tangible things. The moments that you think about it are just kind of out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're Big Ten champs. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it is. It's really nice. So the point is this. This season, we went through the ringer emotionally. I'm sure part of it was coming on the tail end of COVID. Listen, the last two years have just sucked in general. I don't want to be like, hey, it's been hard on everyone. But you know what? It has. Illinois basketball, fortunately, was good at the same time that we needed a diversion. But this year, there was an added weight. Please, guys, please get a Big Ten title, please. And they did. Thank God for that. Next year, what weight are we going to have on our shoulders? I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to just go to the State Farm Center and not going to every game thinking, well, if we lose this one, we're out of the Big Ten title race. And, and that's partly on me, actually mostly on me. I could have taken a different approach this year, but I just felt this urgency that, my God, we got to do it. If we don't do it now, then I don't know the next opportunity we're going to have to win a Big Ten title. I think it'll be sooner rather than later, but I don't think it's going to be this year. So... Hey, listen, I would love to go uh, back on this little diversion I'm talking about here, get a bunch of guys in the transfer portal and say, wait a second, we're Big Ten favorites all of a sudden. Yay! I'll take that pressure. I like that pressure ultimately. 
But the other side of it is these last three years with Illinois basketball have been such a high octane, constant, you know, partly because it was so long since we had last had success that I don't mind a little bit of a dip in expectations. I don't mind just sitting back and watching a team develop. And the best of both worlds would be to sit back, relax, watch a team develop, and still be good. And they will be good next year. However this works out, I'm past the point of really questioning whether Brad Underwood is going to put together a roster that's going to win a lot of Big Ten games. He is. Whether it's enough to win a Big Ten title, I don't probably think that's in the cards this year. Too many new faces, too many moving parts. But are they going to be fun? Are they going to be entertaining? I think so. And the frustrations, and they will come, will not be as exacerbated because there's not going to be this expectation of Big Ten title or bust. That can be exhausting, and we all wore it, and it's okay. It's okay to wear that, and it sometimes is fun to wear that, especially when you actually have the payoff at the end of it and you win it. But I don't mind that. I don't mind going into a season with a starting lineup of, of Sky Clark, Jaden Epps, R.J. Melendez, Coleman Hawkins, and Dane Danger. Let's just say that's what it is, right? I don't mind that. But you know that's not it. You know there's going to be another two or three pieces they get from the transfer portal, some veteran guys to mix in with this younger talent, and this is going to be a fun team, a very different team. I don't mind that. I mentioned before that this team, even after the Big Ten title, I said this after the Indiana game, I said this after the Chattanooga game, and certainly after Houston, we'd seen that movie before many, many times. I'm so grateful for what they did, but I'm also ready to turn the page. And I get the overwhelming sense that that's where most Illini fans are at. Grateful, this was amazing, but you know what? It's okay to turn the page and see what else is on the horizon. And I think most of those things are worth looking forward to. So, in closing, this is going to be a shorter podcast because we're going to have other additions on the transfer portal. We're going to have a roster that maybe within a few weeks will be more finalized, but right now we're still in that state of flex. Here's the key takeaway. Kofi's an all-timer. There's no doubt about it. There's no debate about it. Kofi seems like one of the nicest guys to ever come through here. He's got one of the best stories. I do question whether or not this is the right move for him, but ultimately, all I really wish him is success. And his legacy, along with Io and the rest of those guys in this first five-year stretch, they turned Illinois basketball around. So as I sit here in this podcast, even these moments of, oh, I don't know, Kofi, you know, I, I still default now to overall, hey, it's all good. It's all good. That's what success begets. This sense of, we're going to be all right. It's all good. Thank you, guys. Well done. And that is a much better place to be in because sports fandom can be toxic. I'm sure I've been toxic before. Even in the last year, I'm pretty damn sure that I've been toxic on this podcast. For that, I apologize. But whether this is me trying to be more mature than I actually am, I'm, I'm not sure. But I really do think that we're in a place now as fans where we can appreciate what has happened and also be looking forward to what's to come. And that is such a privilege as an Illini basketball fan when you consider what the last 10, 12, even 15 years were like. So let's soak it in. Appreciate Kofi, Io, all these memories that they gave us, the two banners they gave us, the incredible amount of Big Ten success, national relevance, all these things that if you would have given us check marks before Brad Underwood came here, or I should say after Brad Underwood was hired, He's going to accomplish this, 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 and this in his first five years. Every single one of us would have signed up for that. And that's pretty impressive. But all that doesn't happen as much as I love Brad Underwood. 
All of that doesn't happen unless a guy like Iowa believes and a guy like Kofi believes. And those two guys, along with, I'm going to put Trent Frazier as kind of like the third guy there. DeMonte, great, of course, as well. But Io, Kofi, Trent, if we really look at this era, those are the three guys that were the constants in terms of production, in terms of really taking this from the depths, the seller of the Big Ten all the way to the top of it. And I don't think Illinois is really going to relinquish that top four spot in the Big Ten for any, any time in the foreseeable future. That's a pretty cool spot to be in. All right, going to get out of here. Shorter podcast, but we will be back. I'm going to be in New Orleans, actually, this weekend for a buddy's bachelor party. So if there's any big breaking news, it won't be until Tuesday that I can get back here and do this. But, hey, maybe by then we get another guy or two on this roster and we can look forward to what this new look Illini roster will look like. It's going to be good. It may be great. It depends on who they get, but I got to think it's still an attractive destination, and you got the coaching staff to attract some of these top dogs. So we will get into that when I get back on Tuesday, and hopefully there are some actual tangible news nuggets that we can go over. Got to thank DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. 15 years in service. One of the best places in Champaign-Urbana. There's a reason they've been around for that long. Order online today at dpdoe. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Vintage inspired Illini apparel, t-shirts, hoodies, you name it, for football and basketball season and everything in between, fourthandkirby.com. Rector Construction online at rectorconstruction.com. These guys are the best home exterior projects. It's time to get that free estimate today at rectorconstruction.com and line up your next home exterior project for the summer. That's rectorconstruction.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life Auto Home Business Renters, you name it, Brian is my guy. And he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. Thank you, sponsors, for that. We're going to be around for the rest of the month and into the summer and all that good stuff. Um, Got to thank, of course, the Lana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network for being uh, partners with the 200 level. And thank you, listeners. Rate and review us at Apple Podcast. You can rate and review us now at Spotify as well. In the meantime, everybody, as I go down to New Orleans, I'm taking the old city of New Orleans overnight train there and back, getting the room at, taking a couple bottles of some good liquor, enjoying a book and enjoying the beautiful, vast American landscape. But I'll be back Tuesday and hopefully some fun stuff to talk about then as well. All right, everybody, take care, stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you soon. It is the 200 level. Thank you.